Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin our number two of the Lombardi Line. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, presented by BetMGM. And, you know, I look up and I see that uh, Rafa Nadal, who we had kind of already moved on to the second round. Um, he is struggling right now. But we did it in pencil. We did <laughs> right. not do not it in pen. ink pen. It was not an ink pen. And what's interesting about this is I mentioned the numbers, uh, the live numbers here, as it looks like Rafa right now could be in jeopardy of losing this third set. Right now, the Argentinian or Argentine, he is serving at, uh, he's got a set point right now on his racket up 5-3. Now, the numbers have changed, but not dramatically. Uh, right now, if you want to go with the Argentinian, he's plus 850. Nadal now minus 2,500. It was minus 4,000 when it looked like he was going to cruise. Would you be tempted now from what we've seen that right now we got some fight here in this first round and a set point number three on his racket? Yeah, and uh, I, I probably would not go in here, even though that's the, that's certainly the way you would want to go. It's like, oh, take a chance. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe mm. Rafa retires here. So, you know, that is something you want to look at. By the way, this uh, 23-year-old is uh, Francisco Sarandulo. I can't say his last Sarandulo. Yeah, he's uh, uh, played a little bit. I think he played for a year at USC. He's only 23 years old. By the way, uh, as of a couple weeks ago, he's number 42 in the world. Oh so boy. this he is just, not. He this, just won the third set. Yeah, this is not a guy that's a scrub necessarily. Sarandulo, you're number 42 in the world. It's not like Nadal is playing some qualifier here. So, so you know, he, he's played a little bit on the challenger circuit this year. And then, uh, you know, on the ATP, he actually has a brother out there, a younger brother, Juan Manuel Sarandulo, who is also a tennis player, also mm. plays out there on the ATP tour. So, uh, you know, you've got brothers. Brothers competing uh, uh, here, not only them and the the Zeverevs uh, over there in uh, in uh, Germany. So uh, yeah, uh, now a, a two one set lead. By the way, Rafa Nadal, Sarandulo does close it out. So this is a guy that's pretty solid. But this is a guy when you look at the major, the Grand Slam record uh, has. First rounds, obviously, been the furthest he's gone. He was eliminated in the first round in the French Open because Serendulo, even with this ranking, still at this standpoint, has to go maybe through some qualifiers to get into some Grand Slams. So uh, had to do that in Australia last year, had to do that in the U.S. Open. But uh, nevertheless, uh, extra work for Rafa Nadal here in the first round on the Tuesday of Wimbledon. Serendulo right now plus 850 as he gets that uh, third set done. Rafa about minus 2,500, but... It's getting dicey because it looked like Rafa was up a break in that third set, was going to cruise to victory. And then all of a sudden, when that uh, script got flipped, it got flipped quickly as he wins the Argentinian 6-3 in that third set. Look, for many of you that know me, I was a great high school tennis player. And, Wes, what we used to do back then is we didn't have lines judges, right? So you just said, it like, for, for calls, you'd say, nope. Instead of, like, they say, halt, like, stop play. Right, which is a little bit more, I'd say, uh, formal versus the no, which could be almost argumentative. And what I love about tennis, 
and you and I talk about it in the green zone each and every Sunday in the NFL. Replay is a mess mm-hmm. in the National Football League, okay? Mm-hmm. The rules sometimes are a mess in the National Football League. What is a catch, right? Tennis, they've nailed this. It is the best review system Absolutely. in all of sports. And they get it, it's quick. And they get it done. Well, and There's you know, no dispute, you know what I like on. about it too is it gets the crowd engaged uh, in terms of a match because they have. A, I don't know if it's sponsored for every tournament, but it's the Chase Review, ah. the Chase Bank, of course, uh, review here, Gotta and paid for they review. always do that. And they go to the video, and then it's like you know the ball's tracking toward the line. They go, oh, you know, and react. So yeah, the tennis replay system, and obviously you still have the umpires and you still have the line judges making calls. So uh, maybe. Maybe there's always that chance for that John McEnroe moment. Well, which but would, those are dead, though, right? I, they're I, fewer and far between, but you still see some meltdowns. You still see some meltdowns, Chuck though. Flew up. Yeah, I, I just happened that happened to come into my mind the other night because I did watch something on a Sunday night. They did a little movie documentary called Citizen Ash about the late great Arthur oh, Ash. Wow. And Arthur Ash, of course, was the the coach of the Davis Cup team, the U.S. He never Davis. Really, yeah. Arthur was very cool. Yeah, and him and McEnroe actually had a very good relationship, even though they were like very polar opposites in terms of personality. Arthur Ash was like the distinguished gentleman yeah. and Johnny Mac was who Johnny Mac was back then in the <laughs> early 1980s, it was but, a fireball. but it, but it, it was actually a very good doc on Arthur Ashe. I would recommend you find it on the streams My, or, but again, and I think the point is, is that, you know, for the ugly Americans, that was the, 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 the title we had mm-hmm. uh, when we go over to Wimbledon, Wimbledon's pristine and right. You had to wear white and collars back then. And then here come the ugly Americans, Jimmy Connors, James Scott Connors, John, John P. McEnroe. These guys are the anarchists, and they're yelling and arguing lines, calls. Once you've got the replay, that really has gone away. Mm-hmm. Why can't the – I know it's different sports, and it's harder to, to regulate. But my goodness, we don't have debates in tennis like we do in the NFL for bad beats. We go, my goodness, this call goes the other way, and we win. Tennis – that's taken out of the equation. Even golf, with all their quirky rules that golf has, and they bring in, they bring them right in. We normally get the right ruling in golf. You never mm-hmm. feel like you get hosed on a bad beat either in golf and or tennis. Yes. I don't know why we can't figure this out in the NBA with the replay system that takes forever to get through the end of a game, right? And the NFL, which I think is still really problematic, and I know is a better. There are a handful of times during a season where you go, I got screwed. I was on the right side, but mm-hmm. the official made the wrong call and replay didn't correct it. No, man, yeah, exactly right. So, uh, by the way, Nadal, now we are starting the fourth set. He's down two sets of one. He will go ahead and serve to open this fourth set. Also on court number one, Sitsipas getting a little oh, bit of a, of a test that. here in the first round against the uh, the uh, man from Switzerland, Richard. Uh, I'm trying to get my tenants' pronunciations right. I get the golfer guys right, of course, because I handicap that more actively. But, but I'm, always, I'm always a little tentative with my tennis pronunciation. Though. I do miss John McEnroe, though. You've made no mistakes today in this match. This is your question. Answer my question! Like, he would just get so outraged, and he'd go from zero to a 1,000 in, like, 10 seconds. That's dead because we don't have these type of controversies anymore in the great game of tennis. All right. Uh, very quickly, we'll keep an update there because that is getting dicey there for Nadal. But let's get back to Major League Baseball here. And we talked a little bit. You had the breaking news, and it is, sadly, bro- broken news for the Phillies because it looks like you're going to need surgery for Bryce Harper. I did think it was cool with Snell, the way that they, he kind of looked at Bryce because Bryce was pissed. Mm-hmm. And you can understand why if you're a Phillies backer, you're pissed too. But there was no intent. He came up high. He caught him on the thumb. And basically he said, hey, man, wasn't trying to get you. And Harper almost looked like he took that apology to heart and said, okay, like I don't know that we're going to see what we saw with the Angels and the Royals and, you know, we're going to fight and fight and fight and all that stuff. So I hope that those days are done. But the ATL against Philadelphia today, Charlie Morton's going to go against Zach Wheeler. This is an interesting pitching matchup. You can understand why the total is low at seven and a half. Are the Phillies so deflated today? That that news has got to affect that clubhouse too. Yeah, you you would certainly think so. But but I mean, sometimes in the first game, you know, you kind of come back. It's like, okay, we know we're going to be out with this guy. We got to get you know our our butts in gear yeah. here and start winning games and see if we can stay in this race. You know, we were talking about it in the last segment with Will Hill. Is this a two team race or a three team race? You know, Philly's kind of on that periphery where they're only four games over 500, but you know, at 39 and 35, but still not out of it. Nevertheless, 
you are eight back of the win column, 12 in the loss column. So you're essentially 10 games out a little bit before the all-star break. Like now's the time. If you're the Phillies, you got to get going and they got the right guy in the mound. If they want to at least start off of this streak, perhaps right with Zach Wheeler, 193 ERA in the month of June for Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is a guy that has put up great numbers. You look at the peripherals and, and you can tell why all the analytics based baseball handicappers really like him. Yep. Only a 293 on the XPIP, despite the fact that the batting average balls in play against him is a 323. Charlie Morton, on other hand, uh, Charlie, my favorite Morton, and he <laughs> used to be one of my favorite pitchers to bet on, but he's been so up and down this season. Yes. He actually has been a little bit more consistent in June. The walks and hits per innings pitch or uh, whip, .84, and that is obviously very good. Anytime it's under one, that is outstanding. Yeah. Uh, but you look at the bullpen, and, and we saw it on Sunday night. Uh, Kenley Jansen Boy. wasn't able to nail down that save. He's been pretty good for Atlanta, actually, this year, but wasn't able to nail down that save, and the Dodgers eventually got the win. Charlie Morton, I think, has been a little bit unlucky this season. And you look with the with the Braves on the offensive side, no Ozzy Albies, no Eddie Rosario, but you've still got a pretty potent lineup that starts to get hot at the right time. And I talked about how Wheeler's numbers have been so outstanding this season, and mm -hmm. they have. But he did give up eight hits to the Atlanta Braves earlier this season, this very same Atlanta team. So maybe they're kind of one of the teams that have figured him out if you want to look at it that way. So just looking at the side, not a lot of movement from the opener, about 113, pretty much in line where it opened. Under is getting bet here, and I don't know if I necessarily agree oh. with that. So what I might be looking at playing here is you could look at either playing an Atlanta team total or a yes run in the first inning because I I'm finding, and I don't play a ton of those, but I do observe the market because it's been the wide topic of debate amongst the baseball betting community, especially mm -hmm. on the Twitter machine. <laughs> and, you know, when you see a total, it seems like get bet to the under, you see a run in the first inning. Boy. And you would think it would be the exact opposite. But, yeah, I might look run in the first inning here on the yes, probably some small plus money on that. All right, so we'll see if that one plays out. Pretty good pitching matchup there. Very quickly in the last minute, we saw that Oakland could not hold on to the lead they had. They did catch the first five uh, yesterday, but they're going to put Montas back in the mound against Tyon here for the Yankees. Any play early on Oakland? Because, look, the Yankees, boy, they just come back. It's what they do, even if they drop the first five. Well, they do have a replacement now for the Yankees. It is going to be Sears, okay. the left-hander going. So that was done overnight. So Tyon is a scratch. So that price has absolutely dropped down to about 185. Uh, looked like Oakland was going to get a win last mm -hmm. night. Blackburn, very good. You cashed that first five if you played the A's. I think it was like plus 250. And then all of a sudden, the Yankees down 5-1. to one. They ended up winning the game because they're the New York Yankees, and that's exactly <laughs> what they do. Uh, uh, Frankie Montas, I think, has some uh, relatively solid numbers. The XFIP just barely over three, so it's probably been their most consistent pitcher. But this is one I'm going to sit out. Sears only one start this season, so not a lot of sample size to really evaluate him. All right, when we come back, we're going to go back to the NFL with some win totals to see if we like in the futures market. Come on back. The Lombardi line continues right here in the and Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Betting across America, excuse me, <laughs> the Lombardi line right here on Vista and West. We do so many shows together. Sometimes I, know, I get them confused. I know. Uh, it's Wes and Dave. That's all, that's all you need. As long as we're here, it doesn't matter where here is. Dave. And, and right now, I kind of wish we were over there, and that would be at Wimbledon. I've never made mm-hmm. the journey to the All England Club. Uh, and right now, we could have an upset in the making. And the reason why I say that now, I'm looking at the betting market here. Nadal is down to a 12 to 1 favorite. And uh, Seren Dolo, did I say it right? Yeah, Seren Dolo. Seren Dolo. Or actually, you might be right, Seren Dolo. Uh, plus 550. So that, we told you earlier, you could have got that about plus 950 here. Uh, he is scrapping right now with Nadal. They are on serve 1-1 one, one, uh, in the fourth after uh, Seren Dolo here won that third set here after Nadal. Looked like he was going to cruise to a straight set victory, won the first two. And I'm getting a lot of this. Getting a lot of fist pumps from the kid. He's mm-hmm. mentioned he's 23 years young. And right now, that age could be a factor because I think Nadal could be in for a longer first-round yeah. match than he was looking Buenos for. Buenos Aires is absolutely engaged right now as, uh, as their man uh, taking Rafael Nadal uh, to the limit here. By the way, this is going to be triple break point for the Argentine here. Oh. So uh, could be up a break here in the fourth set. So uh, Rafa Nadal uh, having to work by the hour and having to go deeper in this match than I think everybody thought. And those numbers keep getting shorted to your point. Literally uh, by the point. This is going down, so I see plus 425 now for the Argentinian or Argentine. Uh, let's get back to the NFL here, and we gave you in the hour number one, and I think this is a good exercise, too, for the futures market here, a couple teams that have similar win totals, and if you had the proclivity to go either over or under those posted totals for said teams. Now, the two teams, we don't believe are going to be very good, at least on paper. That would be the uh, biting kneecaps of the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell and the Jacksonville Jaguars who finally have an adult in the room to lead that organization. Those win totals now are six and a half. And why those are significant, I think they're for two different reasons. Jacksonville, the expectations are actually up now that you have a former Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson and you don't have Herb running the organization, Mm -hmm. right? So it feels like things should be on the upswing there. That still feels like a rather large leap for me to get to seven wins if you want to play the over for Jacksonville. So you look at Detroit, conversely, with six and a half wins. And I think there are expectations that they're going to be better. How much better? We don't know. But we saw a lot of fight from Dan Campbell. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. He's going to cry and he's going to fight. Those are two things he's going to do as the head coach of Detroit. Which way would you go? Would you have the proclivity to lean one way or the over, over or under for either team? I would still lean a little bit Jacksonville Jaguars here, even though I do think six and a half is a little bit of a leap. You know, that division probably considered the weakest in football, even though, you know, you have the Colts and the Titans, they're probably pretty equal, but there's no team that you look in that division. It's like, man, they're going to win 12, 13 games and be like a number one seed in the AFC. So, you know, I do think Jacksonville is going to make a leap just because I think, 
Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach, yes. different culture. Obviously, these guys in Urban Meyer, it just never worked out from the get-go. No. And you could kind of sense it right away. From the first hires yeah. he had in the preseason. Exactly. You know, from the from the drafting where he said, well, uh, you know, we wanted Tony, but we ended up drafting ATN. I'm like, that's a way to really ingrati mm. ingratiate yourself with your first-round draft pick right. there. So, you know, when I look at Jacksonville, I do think we're going to get some improvement. And on, on the Detroit side, you know, does Detroit feel confident that they really have their quarterback of the future? Like, is Jared Goff, is it set in stone that he's going to be their quarterback for the next several seasons? It is not. Now, I think it is in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. And now yes. Trevor Lawrence gets a guy that, you know, has had success as an offensive friendly. mind yes. in the NFL, has a Super Bowl ring to prove it there in Philadelphia. So I think that that's an upgrade. Jacksonville certainly spent a lot of money. I don't know how wisely they spent it. I mean, they spent a lot of money on free agents, but probably overpaid. And look, I think everybody overpays basically in the free agent market. That's kind of the name of the game now in the NFL. But I just look at Jacksonville and I think that they are going to be excited, you know, to play for a guy that's won a Super Bowl that they're the players are going to respect immediately. They're like, okay, this guy's about business boss. You know, this guy, you know, is going to be real serious and he's going to hold us accountable, but he's not going to treat us like we're kids either. So I, I think that you're going to see a Jacksonville team very excited. I know our colleague Femi and BMFA. Now he's taking a chance. Obviously he knows that this is a big underdog, but he actually, I think bet them on the yes to make the playoffs. Wow. And I was like, well, I kind of see where you're going there. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm willing to make Maybe take that leap with you, but if you look at Jacksonville, they did, you know, get Brandon Scherf mm -hmm. on the offensive line. So it gives you another guy. They franchise Cam Robinson. So the offensive line you would think is going to be better. You have Robinson healthy. You have ATN healthy in the backfield. You have a uh, Snoop Connor mm -hmm. who they got out of Ole Miss. They added Zay Jones through three agency at receiver. They added uh, uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah. As Big well, money. through free agency, you've still got <laughs> Marvin Jones there, LaVishka Chenault, Treadwell comes over as a free agent. So they are upgrading the talent. So you got to think just that wide receiver room at least looks a little bit better on the surface. And then defensively, some veterans on that defense that I think need to take a step up. Like you need to see Josh Allen, I think, really have a breakout season as a pass rusher for this 3-4 defense. Uh, Trayvon Walker, mm -hmm. who they drafted with the number two pick, is going to be on the other side, an outside linebacker of Josh Allen. So this is a team that I just think has a little bit more talent. Do I think they have the talent to really compete even in this weaker division? Not yet. I think they're about a year or two away from doing that. But I do like the trajectory Jacksonville is on more so than I do Detroit right now. Let me now. give you a couple other numbers and see if they interest you here in, in relation to Jacksonville. And that would be one with Trevor Lawrence as MVP. 80-1 to 1, I'm seeing out there. Now, again, this is year number two, and we, we mentioned we thought Herb would be at least quarterback friendly. We know Doug Peterson is. The other number is Doug Peterson for coach of the year at 20-1, to 1, so much shorter. But you see there that the respect – that somebody like a Doug Peterson's getting mm -hmm. in day one, walking in there, cleaning up the mess that Herb left, and saying, we're going to – like, he can win that award, Wes, by winning seven games, right? It, the expectation level there is so different from, say, a Brandon Staley in L.A., right, or even, you know, Dallas with Mike McCarthy. It's going to be harder for those coaches to win that award. Right. Wouldn't the bar be lower for Doug Peterson at 20-1? to 1? I would lean toward Peterson maybe having a little bit more value. I think if you want to bet any Trevor Lawrence stuff, you might want to look – at some prop markets. And I know we're going to get to those uh, yeah. throughout the rest of the summer here as we lead up into the season, but maybe, and I, and I have not looked at the numbers, so I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but looking at Trevor Lawrence, perhaps like on his over passing yards or his over touchdowns, because there are going to be games. I think Jacksonville is always going to be a plucky team now, and they're going to take on a culture mm. where it's like, we're never out of it. And we're going to play for the full 60 minutes. There's going to be some games though, where they are going to be behind where they're just out talented and you're going to see Trevor Lawrence throwing a lot late. You know, they're down 14 with like four minutes to go where the game is pretty much over and the teams are kind of playing, you know, you know, one deep safety maybe, or just giving you everything underneath to try to move the chains and run out the clock. So Lawrence, maybe not from like an MVP standpoint, but I would like him a little bit more on his individual props, like over yards, over touchdowns, maybe even over interceptions. Cause you got to think he's going to throw the ball a little bit more and have a little bit more confidence, I think in that offense. So that's the way I would attack the Jaguars. Yeah. Conversely with the lines, that same win total. And I think it was Michael Lombardi that said right here on his very show 
that when everybody was kind of clowning Dan Campbell, and I'll admit it, I thought the press conference was funny, mm -hmm. right? His introductory press conference, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to get knocked down, but we're going to bite those kneecaps right. on the way back up. And it became kind of a punchline. But, you know, Michael's point was this team's going to fight. Yeah. And, and, you know, identity is critical. And so he has built that in year one. If they did anything in Detroit last year, and they had some heartbreaking, mm -hmm. I mean, the 66-yard field goal to lose to Baltimore last year. I mean, they had some gut-wrenching losses where he literally cried after some of those losses. Dan Campbell's the head coach. But he's building a culture there. Is that culture in that team good enough now? Or is this just a try-hard team that six and a half feels I, like it might I be I still two? feel they're a little bit low on the yeah. talent side. But I will say this for Campbell, and you kind of led into, into that point here. This is a tougher team. Yeah. Physically tougher and mentally tougher. And you kind of have seen what they wanted to do in the draft the last couple of years is, okay, if we're going to be tough, where's the toughness got to start? It's got to start in the trenches, right, right on the offensive line and defensive line. Drafted Decker, of course, drafted Penny Sewell, who's now a fixture there on the the right side. You draft Aiden Hutchinson with the uh, with the uh, uh, second pick in this year's NFL draft. He's going to start at left defensive end. So they are tougher, I think. And they're and I think that they're going to compete. I just look though at the talent. They don't have that That's... receiver that really like scares you. They don't mm -hmm. have that true number one. They did trade up to draft Jamison Williams, who's coming off an injury for Alabama, which was but, interesting because I don't yeah. know that they needed to do. Yeah, that. but they have like just like a bunch of guys there that I think will give you some production, but not, not exactly, you know, jumping off the page, DJ Chark, I'm on St. Brown, uh, Quintus Cephas. And then in the backfield, you have Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams and the like. So this isn't a team really with a ton of talent. Like they don't have the talent that like the Stafford teams no. had up there in Detroit on offense. And we saw how bad some of those teams were. No question about it. So again, it, it's going to be interesting, but I'm kind of with you. Jacksonville does feel like if you wanted to take a shot, Peterson at 20 to one might not be a bad value play there. There for coach of the year because the bar is you know he takes him to the playoffs i think he, he'd be a lock to win mm -hmm. that award if that means right on his handicap there so uh, we'll talk a little bit more nfl when we come back because i got another one for you in la we'll go and see if you have a lean either on the chargers or the rams come on back it is the lombardi line right here at least in these sports betting now The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of PointsBet Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And very quickly before we get back to some NFL talk here, Wes. Uh-oh. The Argentinian kid. They're kids to me if you're 23 mm -hmm. you're a kid. Against the veteran, the legend, Rafael Nadal, who was up two sets to none. Um, right now, he has already broken Nadal in this fourth set. But Nadal, being Nadal, is trying to break right back. So right now, he's serving 30-40. And uh, this is uh, Sarah Dulo that we're talking about here from Argentine. Uh, this is getting dicey for Nadal quickly. He doesn't certainly does not want to go to a fifth set. Right. Yeah, because uh, the Ar the Argentine did win the third set, and now Nadal has another break point. Uh, had double break there, but uh, uh, the young man from Argentina, from Buenos Aires to be exact, uh, number forty three in the world, trying to go ahead and uh, maintain being on serve. He is up a break here early, Ooh. so. Uh, He's making Nadal work, he and now is. we're at deuce here. Uh, two to one, by the way, for uh, the young man from Buenos Aires here in the fourth set. So uh, uh, Rafa getting taken a little bit deeper than I think he thought. What was what was the uh, price on this match? I believe well, uh, I believe Nadal was like minus four thousand or was. as high in the market. And after the first two sets, he was still there, and Nadal now is minus nine dollars. And then uh, Saradulo is plus 475 to get this done here. So we gave you that number earlier in the match. We saw that maybe it would be turning in that third set. At that point, you could have got the young Argentinian at plus mm -hmm. 950. So that number 
has been cut in half, literally in half here, plus 475, as I'm seeing here. They are playing and, at deuce right and now. And this match, by the way, is on center court, of yep. course, at, on the uh, grounds of the uh, All-England Club uh, there at Wimbledon. Wow. So the next match is actually supposed to be Serena Williams. So if you're waiting for that match, oh boy. you're waiting for this one to get over, and you've got a good one at least leading up to that one. This is getting too exciting for Rafael Nadal backers. That is for sure. So we'll take a look uh, as that match continues on center court. Let's get back to the NFL talk. And I think this is a very interesting way to break down some future plays for you. Let's just go right to the city of angels. You get the reigning defending Super Bowl champion Rams, somebody that you were on about this time last year to win the Super Bowl. Bam. You saw it as a ready-made team needed a quarterback. They got the quarterback, Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford, the rest, as they say is history. Their win total is 10 and a half. Feels a little low for me for a team that won 12 games last year and, of course, all the way to the Super Bowl. Or just stay right there in the same city, in the same stadium, and that would be the Superchargers now of Los Angeles. Ten and a half win total for them. Look, you know where I stand on Brandon Staley. Mm -hmm. I've been tough on Boy Genius 2.0. I backed them. I backed them this year. I like them to to possibly get out of the AFC at a pretty good number that I got uh, before the draft, and I think they did really well on free agency. But – which coach do you trust more? Do you trust the original Boy Genius or do you trust Boy Genius 2.0 if you had to lean one way or the other on this 10.5 win total? In the regular season, I'm going to lean with the uh, the Rams and stick with them, but you've also got to look at that Rams when you're the Super Bowl champion. The following year, you get a pretty darn tough schedule. Yes, I think I, I, I think it was Warren Sharp. I know he did it a little bit different than the official league calculation in terms of who's got the easiest and toughest schedule. I think Warren Sharp had the Rams either with the first or the second toughest schedule coming back. And you look at that Rams schedule. A uh, lot of heavy hitters. I mean, you're opening up with the Buffalo Bills uh, uh, in in week one. And look, uh, that's always what that ring and banner night. If we can get that uh, that Rams schedule back mm. up there, but uh, yeah, you're op- you're Opening up with the uh, with the Buffalo Bills oh in Week One, and then you know Falcons, Cardinals at the 49ers. So two divisional games there. Uh, Cardinals uh, are going to be without DeAndre Hopkins at least for six games. So maybe that's a good time to get him. But then you got to have Dallas at home. It really, the schedule is more back ended for the Rams yes. because look at all these games in a row, starting with that second column. If you're watching the graphic at Vsin.com, 49ers at home. We know the 49ers play them tough, mm-hmm. even though the Rams did get them finally in the playoffs. But Kyle Shanahan's uh, kind of gotten the better of Sean McVay always in most of the meetings. Then you got to go to Tampa Bay. That's a payback game because Tampa Bay got eliminated in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have Arizona, a divisional game. Then you go to New Orleans. You go to Kansas City back to back. You get Seattle coming in. They should be able to handle business there. You get the Raiders, who are probably going to be, you would think, at least still hanging on right. in the thick of the playoff chase. And then go to Green Bay. You get Denver at home at the Chargers and at Seattle, that's not an easy schedule. And that's why you see it juiced right now to the under at, at, at minus 120 at 10 and a half, even though they're the uh, reigning defending uh, Super Bowl champions. So that's why, you know, I'm not, I'm a little lukewarm maybe on going to the over necessarily, even though I kind of like them a little bit better in the regular season, just because I think their division mm-hmm. is, is, is a little bit weaker, but you talk about it with the Chargers. That is a team I am high on. That is a team I'm probably going to add a Super Bowl future on. Everybody's all about the Chiefs. I understand that. But it's not implausible that the Kansas City Chiefs could miss the playoffs because they have a tough schedule like the Rams do. So just looking at the Chargers, now you get two divisional games right away. But then Jaguars, Texans, Browns, who knows, uh, we're kind of waiting and watching to see if any Deshaun Watson news drops today there in Cleveland. So those are three winnable games right there. If you just split those two divisional games, you're four and one, perhaps going uh, with Denver coming in and then schedule uh, just looking, I, I think, a little bit early in that second quadrant, a little bit easier. You get Seattle, you get Atlanta. Those are two predicted to be two of the worst teams in the league. And I like what the Chargers did also in terms of what they added. Oh, Number man. one, I think Brandon Staley, 
I, I mean, I think he's a good coach. I think he does some do things too. in an un- unconventional yes. way. Yep. And I think, you know, keep in mind, this is only his second he's year as an learn. NFL head he's coach. He's going to learn as a head coach as the, well. The, Absolutely. The, this guy is smart, and I think the market, and you'll notice it when you see it throughout the season, market and a lot of the quote-unquote wise guys or sharp guys are going to come in on this Chargers team yep. because they do like this coach that, that you know, he takes a little bit of a different approach. But just look at this defense. When you look at Joey Bosa coming back, mm. and you now have Khalil Mack, uh, you've got guys that are going to be able to kill the opposing quarterbacks, that's right. and that's the name of the game on defense. We know Brandon Staley is a defensive guy. Kind of came in, uh, I think he was on that like Dom Capers defensive tree mm-hmm. as well. So this is a really good defense, and then Justin Herbert is going to continue to evolve, I think, in terms of one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Nice receiving core with Mike Williams, with Keenan Allen, uh, and uh, Jalen Guyton. They do add Gerald Everett from Seattle, who had some fumble problems, but him and Donald Parham are basically going to be a double tight kind of formation there. So, you know, there are weapons and plus Eckler in the backfield, Isaiah Spiller in the backfield, Josh Kelly, they've got some depth back there. So the chargers, I think are going to be right there in the mix in that AFC West. I think they're the team. If you want to say that a team is getting ignored in that division, I think it's the chargers because everybody, obviously they're going to pay attention to the chiefs and why wouldn't you? And then they're going to pay attention because Russell Wilson sure. is the new is the new kid in town there in Denver. So and the they're going to get a lot of love, and the Raiders are going to get a lot of love. New coach, yep. uh, you know, offensive mind Josh McDaniels. I think he is respected as a coordinator in this league. Derek Carr gets a new toy, and Devontae Adams, his old mate from Fresno State. And then there's the Chargers who kind of get forgotten about a little bit because they're the B team. They're like the Clippers are in, exactly in Los Angeles. Right. They're the B team because the Rams got the trophy. So now all of a sudden everybody's all about, you know, being a Rams fan because the Chargers kind of do feel like the stepchild in Los Angeles oh, yeah. because, look, I still sometimes call them the San Diego Chargers, and I think oh, they I'll still should again. be the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> so there's always a little bit of tension because I, I, I think I watched a game last year. It was the Monday night game of the Chargers are playing at home at SoFi Stadium. They're more Raider fans and Sands. I mean, because Los Angeles is still a Raider town, even though they are the no uh, team of Las Vegas now as the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Chargers, I always feel, and I think the players and the coaches get a sense of that. Like, we're the stepchild in this town. But the only way we're going to get respect, you know, is to go ahead and take it. Uh, what is uh, Jock Ewing, uh, the late pa- the, the patriarch in the TV show Dallas, you know, real power isn't something you're given. Nobody gives you power. That's real power it. is something you take. That's exactly Exactly and I right. think respect is something you take, and I expect the Chargers are going to do so this season. I'm kind of right there with you. And again, I'm hard on Boy Genius 2.0 because I want him to be better. That football team is too good not to have made the playoffs last year. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs this year, barring injury. Speaking of taking things, right now, as I look up at Francisco Serendolo on the center court there at Wimbledon, they are playing a wild uh, game number five here mm-hmm. in that fourth set, and it's very pivotal. In the betting market, Serendolo got down as low as plus 290. It's back up to $4 as they've gotten it. Nadal has. He's staved off a couple break points here. He's already down 3-1. He's already down one break. Possibly could get breaking, broken again. This has got the propensity possibly to go five. So we're going to keep an eye on that number here and see if we can get through this four set before our time is done because this match is getting longer and longer and longer and the games are getting drawn out. And you, you can't just expect Nadal to give it to you. To your point about Dallas, you got to take it. And mm-hmm. right now the young Argentinian, 23 years of age. He ain't scared. He is taking it to Rafa Nadal. We're going to talk some golf, see if you can figure out a way to maybe win some money for John Deere. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line on VCD Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Plan a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside West Reynolds here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN. And we look up and we see that the numbers have changed with Serendolo, the 23-year-old Argentinian, against Rafael Nadal. And Rafa right now is in a fight for his Wimbledon life. Those numbers have changed. Serendola right now, plus 310. Rafa, minus 475 on the live numbers as we play 4-2 in the fourth set. Serendola up a break. And right now, he looks like he's holding at ease. And Nadal is fighting for his life when he's serving on his racket. Yeah, so uh, very much uh, likely that it's going to a fifth set unless Ooh. Nadal can pull off a break here. Uh, he is uh, serving down 2-4 in the fourth set. Of course, won the first two sets, 6-4 and 6-3, but uh, uh, the Argentine is making him work. Nadal looks like he's at least slightly laboring a little bit. So, uh, you know, coming off not only winning the Australian and winning the French, uh, we know he's won the career Grand Slam, but trying to get the third of four, Nadal has obviously won both Grand Slams Man. so far in 2022, but he looks like he's laboring a little bit. So look, uh, the young man from Buenos Aires, look, when you got him on the ropes, you got to go for the kill here. And I think he is absolutely trying to do that. Momentum is certainly on the 23 year old side. That is for sure. And again, I, I think it's a, a good point that you make when you win the Aussie open, when you win the French open, you know, sometimes you go to the, the venue that you are the weakest. Mm -hmm. He's clearly the weakest on grass. By the way, Nadal was the second overall betting favorite to win at Wimbledon yep. five to one before today. Okay, obviously the Joker is a minus money right now, about minus dollar sixty-five, pretty much market wide. So you you get it. Like this would be a massive, massive upset. And even to go five here and to push Nadal, that could really affect the future plays for Nadal because how much juice could he have left even if he holds on to win today? 
could be something. Because, again, this is a young man's game. Traditionally, what the big four have been able to do for the last 20 years at Wimbledon is historic. I'm putting Andy Murray in as the fourth of the big four. Those are the only four guys, when you look at Fed, Joker, Nadal, and Murray, to win this Grand Slam event in the last 19 years. It's astonishing. So when you see somebody not named Nadal, Djokovic, Murray, or Fed, who's not in this tournament, you go, well, who's going to win it? Well, we could have a changing of the guard this year if Joker can't get it done. 4-3 right now. Nadal does hold serve, but he is down a break here in this fourth set. We'll keep you updated there in the time that we have. But let's get to the John Deere Classic because it's something, look, we get it. Live Golf has got an event this, this week in Portland, United States soil. They've got eight of the top 50 out there. We saw Brooks Kepka is going to be a captain for one of the teams. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is going to be a captain for another one. You cashed the first live event uh, in London. Uh, we had Charles Schwartzel to win that event. So, you know, the field, if we're just being honest, it's a better field at Live Golf than it is at the John mm -hmm. Deere Classic this week. But they don't play four rounds. You play four at the John Deere. There's still something on the line, something yeah. big on the line for these players. Yeah, Wes. absolutely. Uh, winner of this is going to get a Masters invite, a PGA Championship invite, a two-year PGA Tour exemption. I think, look, the John Deere is usually the week before the Open Championship anyway, so you usually get a weaker field than normal just based upon that because yep. a lot of the guys already qualified are already there. Now, also, you, you mentioned what's on the line. The top three finishers in the John Deere that are not otherwise exempt are going to get in to the Open Championship at St. Andrews in two weeks. So this is just kind of a, a victim of circumstance, I guess, there in Silvis, Illinois, in the Quad Cities, because mm -hmm. this is the week a lot of maybe the big guns, you know, the Schefflers and the Roms and the McElroys and those guys are going to be taking this week off because there not only is the live event in Portland, but there's also the Irish Open over there on the DP World Tour. And I looked at that field, and the headliners are the two Irishmen, Shane Lowry and Seamus Power, but you know, not a lot as many of the elite players as you would think over there. However, arguably the best field of the year, non-major championship and non-players championship division is going to be this pro-am that's going to be held next Monday and Tuesday over in Ireland. It is J.P. McManus who is a billionaire. You might see if you follow like Pebble Beach or the uh, Dunhill Links in the fall when they have a pro-am, professional with an amateur celebrity or businessman. J.P. McManus is always in there. He is a a, a billionaire and former major or majority shareholder rather of Manchester United back in the early 2000s before the Glazer family went ahead and bought the entire interest of the team at that time. But you've got like nine of the top 10 plus like Tiger Woods next week right. at this JP McManus pro-am and Tiger Woods, obviously not playing in a lot of tournaments no. as of late, still coming back from the car accident and the leg injury and every, everything else. So, you know, the fact that they get him committed to that plus nine of the top 10, I think shows, you know, what a powerful guy J.P. McManus is in, in the game of golf. So this is the week where you get a lot of diluted fields here, and yes. you don't necessarily have clear-cut favorites. You look uh, here at the John Deere Classic, it was going to be Daniel Berger that was the favorite, and he was the only player in the official world golf ranking top 50 that was going to be in this field. And now he withdraws. He has, uh, I think he's dealing with some back issues as well. So Webb Simpson becomes the favorite. Adam Hadwin, who was there at the U.S. Open mm -hmm. right behind him. Davis Riley, by the way, a guy that's kind of trending toward getting that first PGA Tour win. He also withdrew. Because he's exhausted. Yes. He's been playing every well, week. well, yeah, you're seeing all these guys get adjusted in the market. So now Sahith Thigala, who, of course, had a chance to win the Travelers Man. on a uh, very unfortunate end for him on Sunday, uh, where that T shot found the bunker and then he hit the lip of the bunker on the second. That shot goes about uh, four inches, I think, was the official from shot length. And you see Sahi Figala, 22 to 1, 25 to 1. And it's like, Man, that's a short price for a guy that had some pain. So the John Deere, you could kind of look a little bit down in the field. And and I don't want to call this a total dart throw because you still can look at some different metrics, I think, of what's going to be important here. Strokes gained on approach, strokes gained around the green, par 4, 400 to 450. So I'm going to have that column out tomorrow, by the way, at Point Spread Weekly. But... You know, don't be afraid to go a little bit down the board here. There well, have been some long shots hit. You know, there's a name that I just want to, to bring to our, our listeners' attention. And it's a guy that plays on the senior open in the Legends Tour. Mm -hmm. It's Steve Stricker. Yes. 66-1. This guy at this place, I mean, 
I, I know he's a thousand years old in, in golf mm-hmm. terms, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to play on on the big tour this week. But this is a golf course that he's won at and knows very yeah, well. Yeah, three times in a row, actually. 2009, 2010, 2011 has won here. And you mentioned so he was a runner-up last week, right? At the U.S. Senior Open at Patty Harrington, who, by so the way, Patty Harrington's in the Irish Open field this week. So. You know, I can't disagree if you want to take Steve Stricker. I think he's going to be popular, though. I think if some people are going to like him and say, hey, this is a downfield. There's nobody that really sends shivers up your spine. Right. There's no Scotty Scheffler or Rory McIlroy or, you know, Xander Schauffele or any of the real top guns that are in this field this week. So Steve Stricker, I think people are going to take shots at him. Zach Johnson's won multiple times yeah. here. He's 100 to 1. Zach, of course, going to be the Ryder Cup captain uh, next year in 2023 over there at Marco Simone in Rome. So Zach is a guy that plays very well here. You look at the recent history, and that's something I like to do that I put in my piece in Point Spread Weekly. I usually go last 10 to like dozen years mm-hmm. in terms of who won here because I think that gives you an idea of a type of player. And, you know, the odds in which they won. There have been chalky guys win here. Steve Stricker, Zach Johnson, Jordan. They just went back and forth for a couple years. Jordan Spieth won here at 4-1 to Mm -hmm. in 2015. Bryson DeChambeau won his first PGA Tour event here back in 2017. But then you look. Michael Kim, who I don't even think is on the tour. I think he lost his card ever since that win. 2018's got the all-time scoring record here. He won here at 300 to 1. Wow. 2014, Brian Harmon won here at 125 to 1. Dylan Fratelli in 2019 won at 90 to 1. Lucas Glover last year, actually, he had a 10-year drought wow. from when he won. A little bit over a 10-year drought. Won here at 55 to 1. By the way, he is in the field as well. About 50 to 1-ish, kind of looking at the market. So, five of the last eight champions here, by the way, at the John Deere won their first PGA Tour event here. So that is something. So you see some of these names kind of up there looking for those first wins. You know, a guy like a Patrick Rogers, yeah. who I'll probably end up being on this week. Adam Shank, Adam Svensson. These are all guys, uh, Nick Hardy. These are all guys looking for their first PGA Tour win. So you're going to be betting. If you do bet this week to week, you're going to have names on your card that's like, I can't believe I'm betting this guy to win a golf tournament, but you are. And again, Jason Day, who hasn't won in forever. Yeah. Right? He's 33 to 1 back, still in this field. Maybe the, a Hall of Famer to be on this course. But again, Steve Stricker, Zach Johnson's, I'm with you. I, I can understand why people think they might be plausible plays. Very quickly, we've been updating it all uh, afternoon long here. Rafael Nadal has done what Rafael Nadal does. He's gotten back Broke that back. break, and now he is up 5-4, and he's back to a $4,000 Yeah, the man from Buenos Aires is going to have to serve to stay in the match here against Rafa. And you wonder why the same four guys have won this tournament for the last 19 years. It is amazing when you watch some of the greatness. I don't care how old for somebody like Rafael Nadal. Uh, Wes, always enjoy the conversation. Good to be with you. Thank you very much. As always, want to thank Will Hill for joining us as well. Keep it locked right here in the network on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.